and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm still, alas, I'm not Tyler Smith. I'm merely Scott and I. No, I'm David Bex, and Tyler Smith is on Safari. Thank you for joining us again, Scott. Uh, yeah, you know, I never would have believed he would go on Safari. And then I was seeing the pictures, and I was like, damn, guess he's yeah. really on Safari. Yeah, he went on, on Safari. Um, yeah, uh, Natalie was like, uh, I wonder what he's eating. <laughs> Because he's such a picky eater, I don't know what he's... Raw lion, I'm sure. <laughs> that sort of thing's allowed down there. Um, do they do ra- lion tenders? I think he would enjoy a yeah, tender. Yeah, he would enjoy a tender, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know, speaking of things happening in other countries, yeah, um, the, uh, the lineup for uh, this year's Cannes Film Festival was released today. I... Um, have had a hellish day at work and I didn't look at it, but you said you did. So did you have any thoughts? I mean, it's like every year, you know, I get kind of, uh, vicariously excited about the canned lineup. I've never been, and I can't imagine a world in which I would go, but at the same time, like it's the platform for some of the best filmmakers in the world, they're viewing their work and that remains to be the case. So yes, I'm very jealous of the people going to see the new, David Cronenberg or the Dardan brothers or the Claire Denis or anyone else on this lineup. Um, I, I don't know what like thoughts you can form about movies. No one's seen other than to say, well, I sure like those directors and I sure want to see the next thing they make. I guess I am uh, enthused that Christian Manju has a new movie out since he's like, been like taking a sweet time between projects. Um, what was his so last one? I, I think graduation. Which was like, it's like oh, 2015 yeah. or 16. Uh, was it that long ago? I saw graduation. I think I reviewed it. You can find my review at battleshipretention.com. Uh, but was it that long ago? Wow. 2016. Yep. Just looked it wow. up. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I like, uh, I, I don't know. You mentioned a bunch of movies. One you mentioned was the new Cronenberg movie. Yeah. Uh, crimes, crimes of the future. Is that what it's yeah. Uh, which already has a release date. So that's one that's like, sure. you'll, we'll get the buzz from can, or God forbid, like people will say it's terrible. Um, I mean, but that's some, good. That's good buzz from can. Yeah. yeah. From can. Yeah. The more walkouts, the better. Yeah. Um, uh, but we won't have to wait too long, which I know a lot of people are, I've heard people complain about like that, that festivals can in particular, but other ones like you get excited about a movie and then it doesn't come out for, you know, a year or sometimes like totally. You know, um off the top of my head i'm thinking like the lobster i feel like i knew what the lobster was for like over a year before i actually saw it well but that was a weirder situation because i think like the company that was gonna release it went under right and so they had to like sell it off or something maybe that's why that one sticks out to me yeah but uh personally i think you know um i'll say some uh, i'll mention my wife again natalie talks about how she likes to always even if it's just like a like a little weekend trip she likes to always have something on the books you know even if it's like sure. a few months from now we're gonna go for a weekend she likes like there, there's always that when you're having a bad day at work there's always like well at least in a couple of weeks a we're week. you know going to joshua tree or whatever it is you know and i kind of feel like i a, there's a part of me that enjoys that long lead time w- with movies like no matter what like i you know maybe I come out of, a, I, I see a movie I was looking forward to and I'm disappointed and I'm like, well, at least I know there's still a Christian Munju movie somewhere in my future, you know? So I, I, I kind of, I kind of enjoy that anticipation. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I mean, it would be thrilling to like see something completely unexpected um, without like 
the can buzz good or bad does start to form like what the movie is um at least as how it's received yeah. and then kind of like everything after that is in some way a reflection of it i mean it's telling that what uh gosh 60 years later like love and tour is still discussed as a movie that was booed at can um wait what movie love and tour oh love and tour okay yeah um uh yeah that's it's ridiculous the uh the reactions sometimes you said you can't imagine a scenario in which you could w- would go to can i feel like i don't want to go to can because i don't want to go to can once like i feel like okay. if i go if i go once i will then like ruin myself and my marriage by <laughs> trying to uh make it there every year for the rest of my life the way that i do now with like sundance and tiff and other things it's like they've become like annual traditions for me and i don't i would rather never experience can than experience it once and know what i'm missing out on for all the other years does that would make you, sense would you not just like stop going to one of those other festivals no i Is couldn't that not an option no okay you have a very strange worldview about some things that uh <laughs> continuously befuddles me well that's uh, uh look if i were if i were boring they wouldn't let me have this podcast for 15 years <laughs> yeah apple would kick you right out of here yeah. <laughs> which like apple doesn't even control the levers of the stuff anymore you know they they had a brief time but uh They've kind of moved on. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. So I, I was trying, I, I wanted there to be a, an easy uh, transition to another thing that I wanted to, to bring up to, to run, run by you, but you didn't mention any um, Italian directors with movies premiering at, at, at Cannes. I'm, I'm I don't think they let those people in anymore, <laughs> but here's, uh, here's, here's the thing I want to, I want to run, run past you um, because I, I recently, someone recently, I watched um, a movie called Akiara, which um, has not, it's an Italian movie. It was in the, if you got the uh, neon for your consideration box, little book of oh, I did. discs this year, it's it's in that. Uh, it doesn't, so neon is planning on distributing it, I guess. They haven't, I don't think they've announced the US release date for it yet, but there is a US release date. It's a couple of days ago for another movie called The Tale of King Crab. Wait, are these two movies in any way related? What are you talking about? They're both Italian. Okay, sure. This is the so I watched these two movies, Akiara and The Tale of King Crab. Okay. I watched them in short succession, some gotcha. somewhat within a couple of weeks. And Natalie and I are working our way through and loving the current third season of My Brilliant Friend. And it reminded me of some other movies from recent years, like Happy as Lazzaro and um, things like Sicilian Ghost Story. And I started to realize like there's been a number of good Italian movies over the last few years. And there is a, some, I'm trying to put my finger on the sort of similarity in tone where they're like, I wouldn't go so far as to call them magical realist, but there is like this kind of touch brushing up against things sure. that are maybe a little bit supernatural, usually in a dark way. Um, sometimes, you know, like maybe there's, there's ghosts or maybe there's a, uh, portals to hell or whatever is happening in Akiara. When, when you see it, you'll, you'll have an, uh, have an opinion. Um, and so this is my question. Is there something going on? Is there a scene or something or just something in the air in Italy right now that is leading to a number of films that are both very good and seem to have similar tones? 
I like that you thought this was a good topic to spring on me, something that requires me to draw on Italian cultural history and present Italian <laughs> culture, a country I've never been to and which I certainly don't keep up with. Um, so but have you seen any of the films that I mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen Happy's Lazaro. Um, I can't remember every title you just mentioned, but I, I, I mean, I'm familiar with what you're talking about. I just don't know if I'm familiar enough with it, let alone yeah. with Italy to say what might be informing it. Well, uh, you know, I say this, Maybe you, they're all also, drunk, you know, <laughs> um, this is also a question for the, you know, thousands of people listening to this. Sure. Hopefully they'll, they'll, um, uh, see if I'm, if I'm, uh, am I, am I keying into something or am I just making connections that aren't there because I happened to watch a bunch of Italian shit in the past two weeks. <laughs> I mean, uh, both can be true. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, go, uh, go Italy. You'll notice I didn't mention, I would say probably the most, uh, unless I'm wrong, because I'm, because uh, I'm just coming off this on the top of my head, maybe the biggest name, internationally in Italian cinema right now is probably Paolo Sorrentino. I didn't mention his, his films because even though I am mostly a Sorrentino guy, they don't seem to fit this mold. Well, you're just ignoring the evidence when it doesn't see your taste, I guess. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm doing. But also, I he's a very like, um, I, I mean, he, he could be kind of very uh, backward looking and, um, referential uh, i i guess you could say some might say he's derivative um, i certainly would uh yeah i i like his stuff and i like his fellini homages as opposed to fellini ripoffs i mean he made his la dolce vita the great beauty which i called my favorite film of of uh 2013 and i guess his most recent the hand of god is his record because it's his like you know personal coming of age uh uh tale but uh, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to acknowledge Paolo Sorrentino because I do tend to like his stuff more often than not. I really hated Loro, but um, other than that, uh, uh, I do like his stuff and he seems like a big name, but he's yeah. not what I'm talking about here. I gave him three tries and uh, uh, that's probably it. I'm going to say, hold on off the top of my head, Il Devo, The Great Beauty and Youth. Nailed it. All right. Yeah. Okay, so you never like like me. You never saw this. Must be the place. Uh, his first English language movie. No, um, the mere image of Sean Penn on that poster was <laughs> enough to uh, dissuade. Yeah, I, I never saw it either. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I liked. Uh, I was on the fence by the Devo, but I liked the Great Beauty. Obviously, I liked it a lot. I needed my best film of the year. Uh, and then I also liked Youth. I don't even have like a case against them. I just, in every one of them, I sat there being like, why am I here? What, <laughs> what is this doing to anybody? Nothing. Okay. I'm out. All right. Uh, well, that's uh, what I wanted to talk about there, but um, I also want to tell Sorry. you, I, no, I think we got some good discussions on uh, it's con contemporary Italian cinema uh, <laughs> under our belts here. Uh, what I want to tell you about is, um, tweakedaudio.com tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great they sound great uh tyler and i use them each every day of our lives um today i was listening actually to it has been uh 10 years since the uh boni Vare's self-titled album boni Vare came out and there's a uh 10th anniversary edition that has a bunch of like 
live stuff and and demos and stuff at the end and i listened uh listened to it actually uh a couple times today on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds sounded great uh they're available at a low 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 price at tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking what's your secret Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're back. Scott, we and sure we're ready are. to 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 close the book that we opened last week. Last week, listeners might have noticed that the episode was named April Showers Part One. It is more rain Shower. talk. <laughs> it is not more rain talk. Oh, it that's is, too bad. That's all I compared. It is shower talk. We are going to do uh, talk about some uh, notable or famous shower scenes in in movies not quite as many to uh to pull from as there are uh rainy movies that i could find yeah i, I personally I list i personally ruled out bathtub scenes because i could have like doubled my list if i went as bathtub did I. scenes um but i guess uh i get we should start by acknowledging psycho i mean psycho is the most famous shower scene of all time right yeah, I, I would also say that I also excluded anything where simply a shower is shown or simply someone is sitting in the shower. The, the shower has to be running. There has to be an active spray happening. Oh, yes, life. I know. I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, because there's um, I, w- I was looking up some examples and, and a person mentioned uh, um, John Mahoney crying in the bathtub in, in, in the shower and say anything. But the shower's okay. not running. He's like Doesn't wearing count. his suit and he's, yeah, he's just trying to go somewhere where his daughter won't see him, I guess. Um, yeah, exactly. I also ruled that out. Uh, I don't know what to say about um, Psycho. Uh, well, it, it certainly, you know, I mean, it, like famously made people scared of showers or whatever. That's one of those things people say that like, I don't know, was this widely reported on or was it just like publicity at the time? Um, I don't know, but I do like, even if I'm home alone, I lock the door if I'm going to take a shower. Oh, really? I leave that thing wide open. Let the air flow. Oh no, it's got to be. It's got to. It's going to be too cold then. Oh, it depends on the time of year. So we got a bathroom situation that has a little tiny window at the top. So we pop yeah. open that window, pop open the door. You get a nice breeze going through in the morning. Or if, I don't if want a like, breeze while I'm showering. Uh, if it's like in the '60s, man, '70s, it's it's awesome. I want to, no, I want to, I want to, I want to be like, I want it to be a sauna. Natalie had to like, tell me like, no, you have to open the window in the bathroom. You're going to like warp the ceiling or yeah. something <laughs> because I, that's what I want. I want a, you want uh, that ceiling a, a sauna. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. I mean, it, it's certain psycho certainly gets to the vulnerability of a shower that you're just sitting there naked and certainly have no defenses about you unless you have a particularly hefty, uh, back scrubber or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, i guess yeah like or if you have like a pumice stone yeah i don't use a pumice stone myself 
if only Janet Lee had a pumice stone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but certainly like being in a strange place, you know, I, I think about it more so than in, like my shower at home than like a shower while traveling is like you go into some shower in a hotel or an Airbnb, you really don't know what the, you know, accommodations are going to be in there. If they're just going to have some weird jug that's like says shampoo and body wash. You're like, it can't really do both. Can it? Um, (laughs) And so when she's, you know, traveling and kind of on an impulsive note, you know, she's in a more vulnerable state than even the average shower. Um, And there's plenty Mm of uh, films that play on that vulnerability to different degrees. Um, You know, I thought a lot about scenes where something happens while someone's in the shower and they don't know about it until they get out. Um, something like frantic, um, Harrison Ford's wife gets kidnapped when he's in the shower and oh, just wow. comes out and that's, that's something his whole life has changed upside down. And so there's like a vulnerability to, and just not knowing what's going on in the world around you. In addition to your kind of physical vulnerability that, uh, I think some films explore in an interesting way. Yeah. Cause there's that, like, um, the thing I like about the shower, about taking showers is that sort of sensory, like deprivation but that means that a lot of things could be that makes you vulnerable. As you're saying, things would be going on that you can't, uh, can't hear or, or sense, uh, in any other way. Did you ever see that, the documentary about the shower, the psycho shower scene? I forget. It's like a bunch of numbers. I, uh, I forget. Yeah. I, I thought it was kind of dull. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, really for me either. I think, um, I, it's, I think it's one of those things that seems like it's so much for me that I, uh end up being turned off by it well no i think like the idea was good the problem is just it just took the mold of like every other retrospective doc these days if there's a bunch of people going like and then things were never the same shower scene in psycho man best scene ever <laughs> and it's like it has a very like analytical title where it seems like it's really going to break things down and like go through what got what went into every shot right. and every cut but then it's it's literally just like elijah wood or whoever you know, semi-famous guy that could get to be like psychos where it's at, man. Um, I <laughs> yeah, also, yeah, Elijah Wood is definitely, um, I definitely appreciate his enthusiasm for, for movies, but, uh, yeah, he's not the, not the most he's not going to get academic no, uh, no, no. Uh, about it. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning Gus Van Sant's remake of psycho. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I saw it when it was like new to VHS. So I was like in high school. That's gotcha, the last time yeah. I saw it. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's pretty terrific. Um, and one of the things that he does is he kind of like inserts these like shots of like clouds going through the sky. And there's like a cow standing in the middle of uh, the freeway when um, I can't think of the character's name. Now I keep dodging by saying the actress, Marion, right? I don't know. And Hatch. And Hesh in this case, when she's dying. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've always been bad like, character names. I know. Who cares? Um, <laughs> when she's dying to like add this kind of like surreal element to it. The other thing that's cool, and this is pre-shower scene, um, is that when uh, Vince Vaughn is kind of, who plays Norm Bates, is kind of giving her the tour of the place. He flips on the light in the bathroom and it's like, it's like a sun is in there or something. It's like the place is already on fire. Like, cause mm. we're all going in and know, knowing what's going to happen. It's not like 1960 where the audiences were really caught off guard and like right. shocked by what was going on. You go into the psycho. Now, you know, what's going to happen. And the film is very much like playing into that in a very cool way. Um, one thing I did learn actually that I'm sure you did too, from that documentary, about the shower scene is the Gus Van Sant like has this overhead shot of her slumped over the edge of the, 
yeah the the bathtub that i guess alfred hitchcock had storyboarded that exact shot um but it's not in it because it was like considered thought that it would be like too revealing with like you know the the butt ass yeah Yeah. it's hard to get an overhead shot of someone slumped over in the shower ass up and not get something (laughs) yeah uh but i i wanted to bring up something um we'll get back to some more obvious ones but like when I was looking at Googling, like, you know, people have made other lists of like great shower scenes or bathtub scenes. And a lot of people mention, again, we're not doing bathtubs. A lot of people mention like Mina Suvari in the bathtub in American Beauty. But, but I there is also shower stuff in American Yes, Beauty. that's what I'm saying. People aren't mentioning <laughs> Kevin Spacey jacking off in, in the shower in, in American Beauty, which was like... Uh, I don't know the the fact that, that movie was like had this big moment. Um, it feels that to me, to me, even like I mean, I liked it at the time because I was young. But like, if you had come from a place of being steeped in American independent cinema, there's not a lot about American Beauty that is like that revelatory, right? But I remember people like my parents being scandalized. Oh yeah, <laughs> by the that that the movie like essentially very nearly opens with a character masturbating in the shower, which was not new to cinema at all, but it was new to cinema that was seen by that, by, by certain people who hadn't seen, like, you know, didn't know who David O. Russell was. in <laughs> sure. you know I mean? Yeah. I mean, to the mainstream audiences really. Um, and it was also alienating apparently to Tom Hanks's uh, team he was uh, approached for the role of American beauty, or at least his team was, and his team came back what they got to that scene. And they were like, Tom Hanks doesn't do dirty movies. And when Tom Hanks heard about that, I think the way I read it, he heard about it at the Oscars that American beauty like swept. Um, he was like furious. And because I guess he approached Sam Mendes. He's like, love the film. Congratulations on all the stuff. He's like, yeah, we approached you for it. And he's like, what? And yeah, his team got tried to get out in front of it and then denied us. Um, one less problematic element about American beauty. <laughs> Do you, uh, I think about that all the time. Like the idea of people not getting the chance to pass on something because yeah. someone else does for them. That's uh, not that I'm ever going to be in the position much like you never going to can. I'm never going to be offered <laughs> movie roles in Sam Mendes films or anyone else's films. But um, uh, yeah, that would make me so mad. Right. It's you like, know? You got to trust somebody, I guess, because Tom Hanks gets however many offers a thousand yeah. times a day. But I mean, like, you could always be Bill Murray. Wrong. Bill, yeah. You know, Bill Murray just has like an answering machine or something. Yeah, but Tom Hanks is operating a different level than Bill Murray, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, I'm trying to think of any other. Uh, weirdly, most of the ones I can think of are not that sexy. Well, uh, I, um, I actually I found quite a few sexy ones, but to keep it um, in the penis realm, there's a uh, rather notable shower scene in at the end of Gone Girl where yeah. we briefly see Ben Affleck's penis. Yes, it's that's that's here. Uh, yeah, Kevin Spacey didn't go that far. He didn't. No, no, he, he uh, showed it to everyone else, just not that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. What um, other sec- what other sexy ones do you have? I was well, I, I just want to dwell on gone girl for a second oh, okay. because one gone girl is an amazing movie yeah. and two it's like that part is so representative of what's so great about it is it has all these like kind of 
side moments. You know, for the most part, it's like operating as a pretty straightforward thriller, but it keeps having this stuff that's like just a little outside the mainstream and just a little weirder than it would seem to be on the surface. And that's one of those touches that like only comes about because someone like David Fincher cares about the material a little bit, but not like is not at all reverential about it and is looking for ways to kind of like um, undercut it or pervert it in some way. Um, yeah, there's a, we're, we're talking only about literal showers, but there's another kind of shower in that movie, which is uh, very true. Uh, what's her name? Rosamund Pike um, yeah. showering in Neil Patrick Harris's uh, arterial spray. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool movie. Very cool movie. I, uh, um, do you ever, okay. So I know, uh, we don't, we don't have that many movies to talk about. So that's why I keep taking us on digressions, but you and I are both fans of Gore Verbinski's pirates movies. Oh yeah. We talked about it last week. In fact. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that shows what fans we are. But I feel like based on the conversations that I see on film, Twitter or whatever, like, in recent years, we have started to become more vindicated in that, in that fandom. You know what I'm I mean, saying? Me, especially you came to this shit late. I was there opening weekend for every pirates movie That's and you them all every yeah. time. I, I foolishly missed out on that. Not that I, not that I didn't like them. We'll get to that in a second. You'll see where I'm going with this. Um, but yeah, I did come to them late, but I have been a fan. Um, and I, I, I love them. I feel like people are really, starting to feel the same way. And as much as I want to feel like smug about that, about, about having been right, I also feel like I have to take my lumps in the other way, okay. you know? And I feel like David Fincher is a guy that I like did not get until Zodiac. And now I go back and I'm like, Oh yeah, he was really talented. Seven. We talked about seven last week too. Seven is awesome. Uh, I have not revisited fight club. I can't bring myself to because I hated it so much, but uh, maybe I was wrong, but I guess what I'm saying is when you, when you and I shower in the accolades for having been right about Gore Verbinski, we should also take a moment to humble ourselves about the things we were wrong about. Have I mean, you ever been wrong about anything? I mean, I was going to say, speak for yourself. <laughs> um, have a, I'm sure I have. I just can't really think of, any major active ones there's stuff i've come around on there's i mean plenty of classics that i saw too young stuff like that um but i'm trying to think of things that like as someone who should know better i saw and didn't get and dismissed and then came back around on. i'm sure it's happened but nothing like being so wrong about david fincher um i would be interested to hear what you think about fight club if you were to watch it today because i mean it is certainly a very immature film um yeah another loosely shower one because they, they have a shower that doesn't work so maybe it doesn't quite fit the bill um but um but it's just so like impressively done and like that kind of stuff i think more so as i get older like the sheer achievement of some directing feats is enough to carry me through a movie where like the care with which it's assembled and executed can be so overwhelming and so cool that i'm like you know, maybe ideologically it doesn't all hang, but there's, it's got some moves, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I mean, we're getting even further afield, but, uh, last time you, you and I talked a week ago, um, you had not yet seen ambulance. Now you've seen ambulance. We're both, you and I are on oh, the same yeah. page about, uh, loving that five-star movie. But, um, I said, I mentioned this in my review of Ambulance that like the thing that most often takes me out of Michael Bay's movies, no matter how, like you're talking about, like how, how 
lovingly assembled they are and thoughtfully assembled that they are um there's almost always like really bad comedy in his movies and that can be that can really break that spell you're talking about humor is its own (laughs) thing um and ambulance has almost none of it which is i think it's got a little bit of it though it's jake john hall's some lines early on that are real cringers and it has like the old woman who interrupts the elevator coming in and like it plays like the frankly kind of offensive like uh i guess vaguely chinese music um it's got it's got a little a bit of bait humor. Yeah, you're right. It does. It does have yeah, but not compared. You know, compared to like uh, Josh Duhamel calling like tech support in the first Transformers movie, and it's like a stereotypical Indian. Oh, guy. absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, one of the worst. Um. Anyway, okay, let's get back to showers. Yeah. Uh, okay, you mentioned sexy showers, so I got. Yeah, uh, you see, you seen Dress to Kill. I've never seen Dress to Kill. Uh, I'm not like the biggest De Palma guy, but it's got a pretty great opening. Um, it's like a dream sequence. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's like a dream sequence of a woman showering and of course lathering up in a very salacious way. Um, and then a guy like kills her. And I, as I recall anyway, it kind of like breaks with that to show that it's like someone's like active fantasy in a way. Um, okay. But it's like done in this very like dreamlike, um, very surreal, you know, I mean, De Palma is so sty- Maximus style at all times. Um, and it's certainly a very striking way to uh, open a movie. Um, other sexy shower stuff. Oh, there's a full on like break, literally breaking the bathroom sex scene in the uh, Richard Gere remake of Breathless. Um, pretty cool movie overall. And um, certainly the abundance of uh, um, beautiful woman naked in the movie goes a long way towards that. But um, uh, the sex scene is one of the more like, I don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of like histories of ridiculous sex scenes from the eighties and nineties. And this uh, definitely deserves to be in a, a top 10 list of it because it's so like ridiculously physical and uh, how it goes about it. Um, um, what else did I have that you, was sexy? You mentioned uh, a movie where someone gets killed in the shower with the word kill in the title. Okay. There's a movie. Uh, I doubt you've seen it. It's called night kill. No. Uh, but Kino Lover put out a Blu-ray a few years ago that I reviewed. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool movie. It's from 1980, um, and Jacqueline Smith is being investigated for murders she did not commit by a um, very menacing detective played by, played by Robert Mitchum. All right. Um, it's, it's it's a cool little movie. That's not really. It's like it's described as horror because it has horrific things in it, but it's really kind of like a mystery thriller type of movie but it does have a truly gruesome uh scene where someone gets basically my idea of what a shower should be turned up to 11 basically someone gets like locked in a shower and scalded alive uh until right. they die from it's pr- it's really horrific stuff so that's the kind of stuff that's happened but that's weirdly like after psycho night kill is the first one that came to my mind because it's such a memorably gruesome death scene sure um the closest i have along these lines i guess is kind of a continuation of like missing stuff while you're in the shower there's a bit as i recall anyway in demon lover where um uh woman's taking a shower and then she comes out she had just like killed somebody and then she comes out and the bathroom's like been totally wiped and clean and it kind of adds like the surreal environment of that film but again it's so surreal that i might be mixing up scenes too and yeah. imagining this happening in a different order but also any excuse to mention demon lovers. Yeah. That's such a cool movie. I I haven't seen it since it was like new, but uh, yeah, I need to to watch that again. 
Um, what else? So uh, I'm going to mention a couple that came up. So like there were some that like kept coming up. I I saw Weird Science when I was a kid. I don't remember. I've never it that seen well. it. Okay. I don't. I'm sure it's not that great. But um, that one came up a lot. Uh, so listeners, just in case you're like, why didn't I talk about Weird Science? We don't remember. And then a lot of people mentioned a lot of these lists. I found mentioned American Psycho, which I feel like that's him in the shower at the beginning is like a part of the like montage, the introduction and him getting ready. I don't know if the shower in particular is memorable enough to make the the list. Yeah. I saw that come up too. And I, it's been so long since I've seen it that I couldn't remember anything beyond like, yeah, it's part of his morning routine and like part of him establishing and the he character, like, but like, you know, describes the products that he uses. With, yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Um, which as I like, as I get uh, older, I use more uh, fancy hygiene and, and uh, <laughs> facial skincare and hair care uh, products. So I uh, relate to that a little more. I'm turning into Patrick Bateman, Patrick Bateman yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that, That's how that goes. As soon as you start using fancy shower scrub. stuff, you're yeah. seconds away from killing somebody. My exfoliating scalp scrub that I use <laughs> in between my shampoo and conditioner. Um, okay. <laughs> Well, okay, let's get back to horror movies because there's so many. Uh, yeah, you'll have to tell me because I did not jot down many, but also I've only kind of come around recently on horror, so I probably haven't seen the ones uh, you okay. might have thought of. Um, well, another one that... The handful that ca- came to mind before I even started doing research, one of them was um, The Grudge, which uh, even if you haven't seen The Grudge, you might remember it's in the trailer that she's like... Uh, in the shower and she like feels something in her head and there's like a fist at the back of her head. I know this from the trailer. Yeah. 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 Um, but that's, uh, uh, the grudge is, um, be, I, I don't know if you've seen Ju on the, the Japanese movie. It's a remake of now it's better. It's a, it's the opposite of the trajectory of the ring. Like Ringu is not bad. It's like kind of ridiculous, but to get back to being us being Verbinski heads, um, <laughs> the the remake of the ring is, I think superior to, to ring. I haven't seen it. The, the grudge, um, is the other way. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not as, as good, but it does have Buffy in it. And I like, her. sure. Uh, and then another, um, another one that I couldn't believe I didn't think of until I saw it on a list. Uh, and I, this is Tyler. So glad he's, he's lucky. He's not here for this, uh, arachnophobia. Um, also haven't seen it. Okay. Well also like you talked about psycho being a movie that could make you like scared of taking a shower. Arachnophobia is, I know I haven't seen this. I was a kid, but it's burned into my memory and it has almost, almost every setup, every set piece in that movie seems like it's designed to make you fear doing that thing for the rest of your life, you know, grabbing a mug out of the cupboard or, uh, reaching up under a lamp to turn on, uh, to, to turn the, the, the lamp on, uh, everything. And yeah, there's also a, uh, a shower scene, which I rewatched on YouTube today. (laughs) Um, very tastefully, uh, done lots of different angles in the shower none of them uh revealing anything you uh, wouldn't want revealed in the in a pg-13 movie so uh well done <laughs> well thank god can't have the children <laughs> seeing any of that they can see like gnarled and desiccated corpses of course of course yeah but uh yeah no bush <laughs> <laughs> sure 
Do you, have any, uh, do you have anything else on the horror? No, uh, I, I got I got no horror. I got uh, I've got sad relationship stuff. I got uh, comedic stuff. Which I have way a lot you want to go? Let's go with comedic because another one that I uh, watched again on um, on YouTube today, and it barely even counts because it's just someone getting out of the shower. But um, Amy Adams in Enchanted. Uh, speaking of like trying to be tasteful in this like Disney type thing, she gets out of the shower naked, but there's like animated bluebirds right. like wrapping yes. the uh, uh, holding up the towel and wrapping the towel around her. It's a very everything about that movie is so charming. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've only seen it the once. So I forgot about that scene, but that's that's a good bit. I was trying to think too of like I know I've seen lots of older movies with shower scenes that you know similarly do some kind of tasteful workaround. Um, the only ones I could think of were, um, bringing a baby, which is another thing. Something happens to you while you're in the shower and you don't know about it when she steals his clothes. Um, and, uh, rafter romance, which is a great thirties. Um, not, I wouldn't call it a screwball comedy, more romantic comedy about Ginger Rogers and this guy sharing an apartment. She works, I can't remember. One of them works nights, one of them works days. And so they just switch off who's using the apartment and they keep sabotaging the shower for the other the part of like, you know, the, the conflict part of the rom-com um, by like putting like a bucket of water on there that dumps all over their heads. Um, so there's a lot of good uh, shenanigans involved in the shower there. It's also one of those movies where like, you know how sometimes you watch old movies and you're like, oh, things were, things were swell back then. Everyone looked <laughs> like they had to down, but then there's some things you see in old movies. You're like, I am so glad I did not live in this time. This thing's like the worst environment. And the shower in that movie is one of those things where it's just like, a pipe coming out of the wall that's in the corner of their room, their one room apartment. And they like have a curtain that goes around it. It doesn't seem like there's any like drainage system going on. It just kind of like hangs there. And you're like, how did people live in the depression? <laughs> um, uh, there's a movie. Uh, what is it called? It's called. Yeah. It's a Frank Tashlin movie called the, the first time. Okay. 1952. It's a, about a, um, this isn't about showers, but it's about a, a, a couple who were raising their first kid and they get, uh, speaking of like thing, the way things used to be, there was no such thing as disposable diapers back then. They had to right. wash all the diapers. So they get like a machine. That's like a diaper washer thing. And they had to figure out how to use it. And that, that all seems disgusting. But the thing that maybe <laughs> I saw this movie at the Egyptian, probably 15 years ago, sure. um, a double bill with, um, um, uh, the long, long trailer. Okay. Is, yeah. Uh, I guess young, young couples, uh, sort of, uh, theme. Yeah. Anyway, the thing that sticks with me about the first time more than anything else is the fact that they throughout the movie pronounce the word diapers. <laughs> <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> no, they say diaper. <laughs> Is it a character? Is, are multiple people saying this or this way? Well, both members of the couple are saying it that way. This seems impossible. I, <laughs> you said this was what year? 51? 52. 52. Like I have to have heard the word diaper said the normal way in other movies pre-1952. I don't know. Why would they be talking about diapers uh, that long ago? <laughs> they didn't even like show a toilet on TV until like... 10 years after this like yeah but that was considered off limits so i maybe frank tashlin being comedic about it could like sneak it in but there wasn't much call to talk about diapers i'm gonna have to rewatch like bachelor mother or some other you know movie about raising a kid but it also like it, these things happen like it, they happen quickly like everyone 
saying Los Angeles with a G, like a soft G, didn't really happen until the 70s. It was like all over the place. Los, Ang- yeah. Los Angeles and Los Angeles and, and all that, uh, all that stuff. Um, but it was actually, I think it was like made official by the city, the pronunciation sometime oh, really? in the 70s. I, yeah, I remember I read a whole thing about it years ago. I'm probably getting something wrong. But um, like even, even the mayor at the time, I think was like, well, I've always said Los Angeles, but I guess we have to say it Los Angeles. Now. <laughs> um, maybe everyone in America saw this movie and was confronted with the horrible way they were saying diapers and were like, this must stop. <laughs> All right. Um, I uh, realized I skipped a, a horror movie. One of, um, if not for Psycho, I would say one of the most iconic, or it's still one of the most iconic, but it might be, might be the most iconic to me shower scene outside of Psycho. Um, and that's Carrie to talk about Brian De Palma. Again. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but that's, uh, it's horrifying in an entirely different way. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, that really speaks to talk about vulnerability of, um, I mean, I, I, I identify with Carrie a lot in that scene because I've always had a very, uh, uneasy relationship with the idea of group showers and like locker room showers and stuff. Um, so the very like notion of being in there in the first place is already deeply uncomfortable to me, um, let alone what ends up happening to her throughout that scene. Um, speaking actually of like that kind of tone or at least the mixing of blood and water. Yeah. Um, I thought of uh, Margaret too, which has um, the scene where she comes back from the accident and like avoids talking to her mom just to like, try to put it out of her head and goes in the shower and like tries to w- wash all the blood off of her. And that's when her mom like comes in and comforts her. Oof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, now I, um, to take another detour, still on showers, but sure. um, Carrie is a Stephen King novel. Yeah. There's also a very notable shower scene in um, the 1990 miniseries version of it. Okay. Um, that came up a lot. I just want to acknowledge it, but I'm not trying to steer clear of TV here. Um, yeah, it gets enough attention. If if I weren't steering clear of TV, I might mention uh, in the Sopranos. Speaking of school public showers, uh, when Vito Spadafore's son, while being bullied, uh, shits on the floor in the, <laughs> in the shower after gym class. Sure. Um, well, speaking of locker rooms, I mean, I know the scene has aged poorly, but we'd be remiss to not mention Porky's here. Um, I've never seen that one. Uh, it's a better movie than I think it's current rep gives it credit for, but also it's, it's just, Bob Clark, right? Yeah. So yeah, like he's made a lot so of the guys movies. got some moves Yeah, and it's not like the boys are the heroes of the movie either. Like they're also like total grotesque caricatures and it's, it's I I think like watching the movie, I felt like it was just as much satirizing them as it was like indulging them, but it is also to an extent indulging them. So, I mean, I, I see both ways, but it's, it's a sharper movie than it gets credit for. But of course, in terms of iconic shower scenes, you can't um, ignore boys spying on the, on the girl's shower. Yeah. Um, well, uh, an- an- another one, uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a, <laughs> A segue here. Uh, speaking of seeing a lot of people naked at once, hey, there we go. Uh, Starship Troopers also has a pretty famous shower scene because it's meant to sort of like illustrate what the sexual like mores are of this future uh, uh, culture, where the the military does not separate 
men and women and men and women uh, who are in basic training just all shower together. Um, yeah, I've actually never seen Star Trek Troopers. It's a major blind spot for me. Oh, okay. Well, um, that one's famous for off-screen reasons, where it was allegedly Paul Verhoeven, because he was asking his entire cast essentially to get naked, allegedly directed the scene naked. That's always a weird move. Like, uh, Shader think... allegedly did that for um, the Canyons, and it's like, but why? Yeah, I think at the time, being in high school and reading that, I'd be like, oh, he's showing like that uh, he's willing to suffer too, but like post Me Too and like Louis right. C.K. and stuff, it's like, oh, maybe that wasn't, maybe that wasn't cool. Because also like, um, who's the photographer, Terry Richardson, who's been like accused of all kinds of uh, terrible oh, stuff? Not as familiar. Okay, well, he, he would do that, that, that too, and it was... Uh, you know, based on the accusations, allegedly it was very much a sexual thing for him to get naked with the women he was asking to, to, to get naked. So, um, yeah, I mean, given that our examples here are that Paul Verhoeven and Paul Schrader, I'm sure there's a sexual component to a lot of this. (laughs) It's hard to imagine that, uh, it's like they are purely, uh, as professional as they, uh, present themselves to be. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine like, uh, um, <laughs> like uh, Penny Marshall on the set of set of Renaissance yeah. Man. Like, <laughs> come on, we'll do this. Or just uh, like, I mean, it, it's easy to go to like a female director example, but like some, some like Roger Michelle or something. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like a total journeyman. Bo- you know, good director, but boring guy probably. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard um, to picture that. Um, uh, okay. What oh wait, I, I, one that I thought of. Um, because you mentioned bringing a baby, there's another famous uh, Cary Grant in Charade. He gets yeah, in the shower absolutely. with his with his suit on. Yeah, great little bit. Yeah, I, I always I'm like, oh, he's he's gonna ruin that suit. It's like like when uh, he's uh, Cary Grant. He's got suits yeah. for days. When um, at the beginning of Moonstruck, when Danny Aiello composes, and you hear the I can't remember like the Maitre D or whatever say, oh, he's gonna ruin that suit when he kneels down in the restaurant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, what else did I have those semi-related that? Well, actually speaking of, I guess, uh, no, I guess I don't know if that's a with clothes on situation, but I'll just mention it anyway. Um, great running bit in Woody Allen's to Rome with love of, um, Oh hell. What's the guy's name? From, Jesse Eisenberg. No, from life is beautiful. Alec Baldwin. Oh, Roberto Benini. Roberto Benini, who can, uh, who his, so it's a movie of like four plots that are just kind of strung together. It's I've of, seen it. I don't really remember anything about it. It really, this is to me the most memorable part of most Woody Allen movies. Um, anyway, it's like a classic, like very arch Woody Allen bit where he can only sing very well in the shower. So he develops an entire career of singing in the shower to the extent that he's performing live on stage That's with a shower right. running and projecting his operatic voice. Um, Great, great idea for a bit. And I mean, it's a very scattershot movie, but I, I always like that bit. I, I think um, I, by the time I saw To Rome With Love, I was already like, I was watching it through a lens of like how I felt about Woody Allen, what I knew about him. And so I think I focused so much on like, like Elliot Page playing the like <laughs> fraudster, faux intellectual. Uh, oh, sure. And it seemed like there was something kind of misogynistic about the the way that this uh this this female character like worms his way into the honest intellectual's life by pretending to be 
smart. It, it, it felt kind of uh, condescending to me. And I think I, that's mostly what I took away from it. Oh, everybody on movies, at least a little condescending. Um, uh, yeah, that's true. Similar uh, adventures abroad stuff. Uh, there's a running shower bit in Lost in Translation where Bill Murray keeps um, turning on the shower when it's like a little below him. It's uh, one of the more uncomfortable racist elements, I think, of yeah. Lost in Translation where they keep going back to height differences. Um, but at the same time, like I've been to Japan, there's a lot of cultural differences and a lot of differences specifically surrounding the bathroom. And, uh, I guess it's more, I don't know the extent to which more appropriate might vary depending on the audience, but, um, I could see why she wouldn't go to the toilet necessarily as a source of humor. So the shower is representative of a general, uh, bathroom difference. Uh, all right. Um, I've only got a couple more. They're both comedies. Um, one, this feels like the shower isn't actually that important to the scene, but it's a thing. When Ferris Bueller says, like, life comes at you pretty fast or whatever, yeah. he's in the shower and he does that thing where he gives himself, like, a little, like, faux hawk. Right. Um, that's pretty memorable. Uh, but then also, um, if you're, uh, okay, I should have used this as a segue because it is earlier, because it is potentially, I think, troubling, and I think it's to the credit of multiple people, multiple people involved that the scene actually plays as sweet as it is. Uh, and that's elf when, uh, Zoe Deschanel is showering at work. I guess this right. apartment store has showers. Yeah. He's singing, uh, baby it's cold outside. And, um, buddy, the elf hears her goes in and sits on the sink right next to the shower and starts harmonizing with her. And I, I think it's to the credit of, um, will ferrell and and john favreau that we we are so sold on buddy's innocence by this time right that we don't feel uh threatened and i think zoe additional plays it well uh when she when the uh the character whose name i'm forgetting um realizes that he's he's there it's a it's a sweet funny scene that um out of context could definitely be troubling absolutely um, yeah, I only have a couple more. Actually, these two tie together pretty well. So um, there's um, a good, solid scene in Jerry Maguire where um, Jerry's having a locker room meeting with, um, I, know, I can't think of Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character name. This is the episode of us forgetting character names. Yeah. But he's having a meeting with Cuba Gooding Jr. who's just gotten out of the shower um, and air dries stark naked. And it uh, is a very uncomfortable moment for Jerry um he's not used to um well it's really like part and parcel of the whole character's journey of becoming more vulnerable and becoming more humane but he can't like deal with a guy who's just so open about himself um the flip it's, side of that go ahead oh you know what this might be the one you're gonna say so uh, go ahead all right the flip side of that is um sarah Pauly's take this waltz where um there's a bunch of women showering together totally nude not a concern in the world totally comfortable around each other and the film isn't at all like um i never know how to pronounce this word like a serious about it prurient about it whatever um like leering at them in any way or yeah. like showing them off it's just like this is a routine part of female friendship can i tell you that like being on uh at that time being on like comedy nerd message boards <laughs> there is so much buzz about like sarah silverman's going to be naked in a movie among certain types of sure, comedy absolutely. fans you know um not all 
comedy nerds are as uh, erudite as me and Tyler. A lot of them are just big fucking nerds. <laughs> and so, yeah, there was a lot of buzz of like, oh my God, Sarah Silverman is going to be naked in a movie. And then, yeah, I wonder what those people, when they saw it, if they were like, because yeah, it is, like you said, not lascivious. Is that the... Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, no, but your um, locker room one, I don't know if there's... I'm not sure how fresh out of the shower he is, but uh, in any given Sunday, there's a part where Cameron Diaz is the owner of the team, like storms in the locker room and has a confrontation, a verbal confrontation with Jamie Foxx while he's completely naked. And it's, uh, it's the opposite of Jerry. She's not at all uncomfortable. That's kind of the point of the scene is that she's this like, you know, badass bitch. It's another movie that I've wanted to see for a while. Never gotten around to it. Oh, see, all, all you needed to do was, um, be my age <laughs> oh okay i'll try to work on that <laughs> uh yeah i certainly uh saw any given sunday multiple times and it was brand new it was a big deal to me at that time sure. uh what else is that it i think that's kind of it i got a couple other handfuls that I, I don't even feel that interested in enough to mention okay let me double check um see if there's anything else i uh wanted to talk about miss no i got i think i got it all all right. Well, we talked about the uh, last week. We talked about rain showers. This week we talked about, you know, shower showers, shower showers. and mostly terrible things happening in, in them. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, what's the fun of a pleasant shower scene? I could think of some, <laughs> some upsides, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you can find, um, like I said, you can find my review of the Night Kill Blu-ray at BattleshipRetention.com. You can find other stuff at BattleshipRetention.com as well. You can email me at David at BattleshipRetention.com. Email Tyler if you want at Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. He's on Safari. Uh, I don't know if he's checking his email out there in the Savannah or whatever. Um, but uh, you can email him. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Also check out my other podcast. It's called The One Where I Met Your Mother. And we uh, every week we talk about an episode of friends and an episode of how I met your mother were near the end of season two of, of, of both were, um, uh, uh, at, at Marshall and Lily's wedding and on how I met your mother and, uh, Nikki cat just showed up on an episode of friends. Oh boy. Um, so just Nikki cat. Uh, and then the, like, I think the week before, or was it the same week? Uh, Giovanni B just very nineties, uh 90s cool character actor guy <laughs> episode of, of of friends but uh you can find that at battleshipretention.com wherever you find podcasts and uh scott where uh can people find you on the oh episode? you know here and there this and that um be at tcm fest next weekend with their own david Bax. yeah take it in the classic films of the festival i only recently put my schedule together like yesterday um but i'm i'm quite excited for it and then back here in two weeks to discuss that very event. Yes, that's right. Next week, um, I have no idea what's happening because Tyler is doing the show without me. So uh, we will eventually, eventually Tyler and I will be, will be on the podcast. Seems unlikely uh, at this point. Together. Well, I mean, you could always sign up for the Patreon. We're still doing the, the Patreon <laughs> episodes together. Well, so, doing, um, you probably logged a few, right? And then, because uh, he's yes. not recording from the Savannah. Right, yes. Then we will uh log we'll bank a few more before uh we get uh back to doing actual regular episodes together but uh yeah have fun next week um i hope you enjoy not hearing my voice for a week won't that be something um until then thank you for listening we'll get you next time bye 
This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.